0: You're listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad that you're back. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, welcome. I'm so glad that you found the show, and this is a good one to dive into because I'm speaking with Kushal Chotsky. Kushal is a trainer of personal development, meditation, wellness, and leadership programs for the Art of Living Foundation. He's taught the secrets of breathwork and meditation to thousands of people across the U.S., Europe, and Asia, and he also serves on the U.S. board of the International Association for Human Values. Now, in this episode, I'm speaking with Kushal about his new book, On a Wing and a Prayer, which chronicles his narrow escape from the World Trade Center on September 11th and the emotional journey that he faced following that. And I think anyone who goes through something like that, something so intense, Um, your world is turned upside down and that certainly happened to him and through that process he was able to to really face himself to really face what he wanted out of life and it's almost like you know, a situation like that is like what's happening with the pandemic. We've all had to face ourselves and to prioritize what really matters and how we show up every day in our lives. And I believe that if you want to live well, to have a life that is meaningful and full of beauty and purpose, then you must make time for meditation and mindfulness. You must meet yourself on the cushion each and every day so that you're not running away from fears or anxieties, You're actually shaking hands with it and and understanding the inner workings of your own mind so that every choice that you make throughout your day is intentional. And that to me is when life changes. And so I'm so excited to share Kushal's work with you. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please share it out and please keep those reviews coming. Enjoy the episode. And this episode is sponsored by Cozy. Did you know that there's an organizing app designed just for families If you've started to feel busy again, and for a lot of us, I think we never stopped, and your calendar is filling up with more events and kids' activities than all of last year... Why not do your future self a favor and get Cozy? Cozy is the number one organizing app that families use to juggle school schedules, practices, meetings, doctor's appointments, and even a workout or a date night. Imagine that. And it was even named a must-have app for better life by the Today Show. With Cozy, you'll be all set up so everyone knows who is doing what, when, and where, Cozy will even send emails every morning with the day's agenda. How cool is that? So no more missed pickups or double bookings. And here's how it works. Cozy tracks everyone's schedules and events in one place with a shared color-coded calendar, and it's easy to get started. You can even pull in events from your family's personal work and school calendars. The best part? It's free. Just download Cozy Family Organizer from the App Store, that's C-O-Z-I, to get the free app today. This episode is also sponsored by Kindred Bravely. Kindred Bravely came to life in 2015 by Deanne Akerson, a mom of two, when she couldn't find any comfortable and functional pajamas to wear. As moms, we have to stick together, which is where Kindred comes from. And Bravely, well, being a mom can be tough. It is definitely not for the faint of heart. Kindred Bravely is devoted to making life easier for pregnant and nursing moms, from breast pads and non-skid socks to nursing bras and the most comfortable pajamas that I've honestly come across. And they use a lot of bamboo fabric in their clothing line, which I adore because it is so supple and so soft. Um, You really have to feel it to understand. And perhaps most importantly than her clothing is Deanne's mission to build a community of moms who support and celebrate each other. In fact, behind the scenes, Kindred Bravely employs more than two dozen work-at-home moms who share Deanne's mission and values. If you'd like to try out Kindred Bravely for yourself, be sure to use my code UNSTRESS20 to save 20% off your purchase at kindredbravely.com. Well, hello, Kashal. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here.
1: Thanks for having me, Liz.
0: Absolutely. Now, it's been 20 years since the attack on the World Trade Center. Um it's hard to ask this, but would you mind sharing your personal story of what happened to you that day?
1: Uh, sure. Um, you know, it, it just began like any other normal day, you know, on my way to work. Um, and I would pass through World Trade Centers every morning uh, on my way to work. And, and just a few months leading up to that day, um, I used to spend a considerable amount of time on the 107th floor on the windows on the world so i was intimately familiar and kind of had bonded with that the, the height uh, of that building and the and the there's the a grandeur of that space uh, so it was not it was like a you know typical commuter mindset you know i was going in my my checklists are running in my head as i'm going through the the second floor uh, there's a huge noise a, a big bang i was in the north tower at that time and uh, a massive high decibel blast of a sound followed by a hiss. And suddenly there was a complete helter skelter. People started running. People started, um, they didn't know what, what had just happened. I, I remember somebody talking on the phone saying, uh, uh, perhaps a bomb had gone off or something, but really nobody knew. And, and there was just, I, I remember there's a whole swath of commuters were like gripped in that fear, fear of unknown, um, and at that time, I, I decided to just move away from the building, go out and, and move away. And as I reached the main entrance, um, there was a security person who was suggesting people to go inside because it was very unsafe outside. It had already started raining uh, The cement chips and insulation and paper scraps and little embers of fire. There was a gray haze outside. And so they were asking us to go back in. Um, And in that moment, I found this person, a voice who says, no, no, let's just go out. You know, let's not be inside the building. Let's just go out. There was so much conviction in that voice that I just followed his lead and we just stepped out. And as I'm looking at the buildings just from the outside, uh, I now see a big gaping hole in the the facade. Um, And in that moment, uh, from the left corner of my eye, I see another aircraft just come in and just pierced the, the south tower and just kind of spitting out a huge ball of fire on the other side which just started coming down on us and I, I was like what has just happened you know this is this is not the world i know this is like straight from a movie except i'm living it and um i i just wanted to go away from it you know the the first responders were coming in the building and and I said, you know what, I should just, this was unsafe. I should just move away. And as I'm walking with my back towards the building, uh, towards the East side of the city, um, I hear this rumble and and some screaming. And as I look back, the North tower has just started crumbling and it creates this huge ball of smoke and, and, uh, and dust, which is just, forcing gushing its way through these narrow alleys of lower manhattan uh, engulfing everything that's coming its way and and i it was like i'm running away from it that 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 cloud is coming to to envelop us as a couple of us are running away Um, and there's a ferry that's pulling out in that moment from pier 11 on the other side and i just I just run and just leap onto it. The gangway has been pulled in. I just leap onto it. And I just happened to be the last person to leave the, the, on the last ferry that left the city that day. And then in within few seconds, the entire city was covered in the, in the smoke and dust. And, you know, it was a very touch and go, you know, uh, a decision here and there could have, I don't know, resulted into what, but, uh, But I I still remember like this whole event. I close my eyes and it's in in front of front of me. Um, So yeah, that that was that morning. I don't know how how much more deep you want me to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. I could imagine it being like something out of a movie. Like you almost you're watching it happen and you just don't even believe it, you know. And until you smell the smells and you hear the sounds, and then it's like I have to go.
1: You don't, and you you see these people you know, jumping down in front of you when they land. I mean, it's just, you know, it's very, very unreal. You, you Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, is this real or am I in a dream? And it's, it's a dream you can't wake up from. And it's, it, it, it it really, you know, all these sounds like how you said, they were, they were like wake up calls, you know, they Mm -hmm. were, but it was not a sound of alarm, unfortunately. It was just a wake-up call to say hey this wake up like what you've been doing all this time is there's more to life than that you know Mm. life is not just about chasing bonuses or or climbing up the corporate ladder which you're singularly focused on there's more to life than than just that you know uh, but what is it you know whether uh, on one side you have this thought but on the other side I also had this feeling of gratitude that yeah i have made it out i have i'm fortunate um i should go after what i have uh, i been set out to do with even more force even more enthusiasm because i have a new lease on life so it was a very you know contradicting set of feelings in in my head i clearly remember that that persisted for days to follow after that
0: yeah i would imagine it it's it's that survivor guilt that comes on and and I know you talk about in your new book um, how your life changed after this you fell into a depression can you talk a little bit about that how how did your your mind your spirit your body change after this intense event
1: yeah so you know so there was this mixed of mixed set of feelings as I was I was describing earlier on one side there was a tremendous joy and enthusiasm in life that yes now i have to with the second lease on life i have to get everything on the second on the other side there was like but what's the point you know what if something like this were to happen again and i'm not so lucky the next time so on one side of my head there was this raging battle between the two opposites on the other side i it, it also forced me to ask this this question you know questioning that what is my my purpose overall you know am i am i here to do what i'm doing right now is it really this 70 80 hour weeks that i'm putting in is this really you know giving me what i'm is it really making me so happy you know is it is it giving me that feeling of contentment or fulfillment yeah at some level it is uh, at a professional level but is it all there is to life so i i don't know if it was a feeling of depression but definitely it was a feeling of sort of, uh, kind of a jolt that I, I, it woke me up. And, you know, I tried to distract myself. It was a, it was a feeling where I didn't want to go by. It was a very difficult question to face. You know, it was a difficult, um, you know, space. I, I didn't want to go there because it, it, it forced me to, to answer some difficult questions. You know, like, okay, what is it? Am I, su- I didn't want to accept that that my Wall Street career was perhaps not my path because it was bringing me, you know, so-called success from the eyes of the world. It was bringing me money. It was helping me chase that American dream that I was determined to achieve. So I I was not ready to say, no, no, this is not it. But I didn't know what else it was. So I started distracting myself so just so that I don't have to answer this question, I started traveling the world. I started doing this, I that I started, you know, I even quit my, my Wall Street job to, to join a startup because I thought maybe that'll bring that thrill, um, that that adrenaline rush or whatever. But every time I would go there, it would prove to be a distraction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I would go there, enjoy it. And as the sheen wears off, as the newness is gone, I would come back to the same feeling of, Mm -hmm. hey, but this is not it. What is it? And I I would keep raising the bar higher and higher, keep doing crazier and crazier things, more and more adventurous things. And it was exhausting because I would do it, spend all that time and energy and resources going after it and then come back even more exhausted, saying, no, this is not it. It has to be more.
0: Mm. So what was the turning point then? When did you finally find, because I don't want to give away the book, but when did you finally tune in and understand what you were meant to really be doing? How did you come to that point?
1: You know, it took me, a lo- it took me time, but the turning point was the first time when I experienced breathwork and meditation
0: this episode is also brought to you by Lugs. Lugs is a brand you probably remember. It started back in the nineties, but they've never wavered from having their pulse on what is stylish and also realistically priced. I wore the boots today on my trip to Costco because why else do you leave the house? And it was so cute. It totally uplifted my entire outfit. I felt like I was kind of on a runway in a lot of ways because it was just so chic and so cute with what I was wearing. And I was actually wearing leggings with it. So it's surprising that I felt so I don't know. So chic, but that's kind of the beauty of the brand. And if you use my code unstressed, that will save you 30% off at lugs.com. That's L U G Z.com. And just something that I want you to remember about the brand. It's a great brand, not just for you, but for the entire family. So They're stylish, realistically priced and great for everyday wear. And one, another thing that I think is really important is that they're really comfortable. So not only are you going to feel cute when you go out to the grocery store or wherever you're going, but you're also going to feel comfortable and chic at the same time. So be sure to head on over to lugs.com and use my code UNSTRESSED to save.
1: You know, all this time this I was anti meditation. I thought meditation was a pursuit for misfits or retirees or something you do when you're done with all your responsibilities and and you do it when you know, you have time on you. When, when I mm. when I when I'm 50 I'll do it. Right now I have you know, I have to get to that fast car that I want, you know? So, and I don't have time for meditation. So I, I had all these wrong notions. And and again, this is early 2000s, you know, there's, you know, the, the world looked different then, you know, there were not enough, and nobody was talking about these things. You know, this was really a, a very, something that was really considered things for people out there, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was, um, if I talked about, it at work people would look at me like what's wrong with you you know it was like you know just it was such an alpha culture that that you 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 don't this was considered to be like a like a crutch like a support yeah. system and I'm like well looking back I, I realized how wrong I was um where it, it was actually it would have helped me early on to do what I have I set out to do with even more energy and and joy and enthusiasm but what did I know then in a so in a funny series of events um there's a spiritual master Sri Sri Ravi Shankar who was traveling from India to New York and a friend of mine said you should go see him just meditate with him And I'm like, "I'm not interested but somehow I, I end up there um and when I meditated for the first time um I experienced that state of mind without thoughts. I experienced that calm, I experienced that peace that probably I was looking for without realizing that I was looking for it. And it created a very interesting feeling in me, which on one side, there was an irrefutable experience. On the other side, I was like, but where's the hidden muffin? Was I sleeping? Was I, was this placebo? Was this like, where's the data? Show me the science. Mm Because I, you know, that 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 Wall Street trained left brain of mine would not take anything on its face value, so I had to look for that 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 scientific validation. And as I started digging deeper, and then I learned this breathwork technique called sky breath meditation, um, which is uh, you know, which kind of took my experience to another level, um, and it is there was a lot of science behind it. When I learned all that. I felt really it was really empowering because on one side there was an experience and the other side there was science. And then I felt vested in it. Then I felt, oh yeah, there's something in it that I want to explore and go deeper. And perhaps, who knows, perhaps it has answers to the question I'm I'm looking for. Because I've tried everything else and it's not working. Um and, and all I have to do is make this time 20 minutes. in in a day, which of course I didn't think I had um, uh, because I was too busy doing other things, but that was the only thing that was required of me. And, and when I experienced that calm, I said, just to get that experience again and again, I kept going after it. And that was, that was a, that was a big turning moment in, in sort of in my journey. Wow.
0: Wow. So can you talk a little bit about the sky breath? Um, what that actually is and like the science behind it? Because I find that my audience is super interested into science and, and, you know, facts and data, just like you. What is it exactly and how does it work in the brain?
1: Yeah, so there are so many, there are about over hundred different uh, pieces of research and peer-reviewed journals that are out there. Um, But I I would share perhaps what resonated with me the most. Um, And there were a few things. Um, first was that it reduced just two weeks of practice reduced the, the, the release of cortisol, the serum cortisol, the stress hormone or the grief hormone, as they know, um, in the body by almost 56%. Wow. So that was the first telltale sign that, yes, this is, this is how I know it's working. Uh, it increased the production of serotonin, which is the happiness hormone, as they call it. it, it and it, it says that it. one thing I read somewhere is that it increased the quality of sleep by almost, you know, over 200%. So these were some of the things that on the surface appealed to me a lot that, oh yeah, this is, this is some science. But what really caught my eye, my, my attention is the ability of this practice to get rid of the impressions that we carry in our nervous system. You know, it's like any life experience we go through; it leaves a certain impression, like like a lesion on our subconscious, or like a scuff mark on our sub, yeah. on our nervous system. And something that is so pleasant have you know it, it makes us have going after it, wanting us to have it more. That that impression. If something that is unpleasant keeps us wanting to resist it all the time. So it creates this, this tug of war of cravings and aversions in our in our system. And we are constantly running after that. Either I want that or no, I, I don't want that. I want to run away mm-hmm. from that. And that gives our mind an excuse to get out of the present moment because it's always either scheming to get that or trying hard, putting effort to, to avoid something. And we all know that at the level of mind, effort does not work. Yeah. So mind does not listen to effort. Yeah. So what I learned is that these impressions over a period of time, as they get deeper, creates patterns, which results into conditioning, a very deep conditioning of our mind. And the sky breath, just through the action of our own, using the natural rhythms of our breath, it cleanses the nervous system of these impressions. And, and kind of bringing you back to that that childlike you, that self, who you really are. And that was a very precious feeling, you know, to, to experience that. I'd read about all these things. I I knew about the conditioning of mind and this, but it was, but an intellectual concept in my head. But how do I get there? You know, I'd read yoga sutras and I read all these scriptures and, and ancient texts and I'd met a lot of people, but nowhere. Had I found a tangible experience until I ex- completely accidentally stumbled upon this. Mm. And that was like, wow, there's, th- this is it. This is something that I realized. And, you know, we, we talk about these layers of ourselves. Right? We all have seven layers. This bodies are gross layer, subtler than the bodies are, you know, breath, then mind, intellect, memory, ego and the self you know we have these seven layers and these seven layers are they they basically you know control all the functions in our body right whether it's a function of uh, you know physical functions emotional functions cognitive functions to do with our perception thinking judgment memory and these impressions get lodged into all these layers you know debilitating us to live our full potential it kind of holds us back and the sky breath just scrubs these layers. And if you look at a child right I, I always i always think about it if you look at a child you know they're they're so irresistible you just want to pick them up and just hug them you just want to, you know when they smile at you you feel like they're smiling from every
0: mm-hmm.
1: every cell of their body right why is that because this other six layers in this a little child are not fully developed. They have not collected these impressions in this, this body, breath, mind, intellect, ego, you know, memory. So the self at the core of it is shining through and through. And mm-hmm. that's why they are so irresistible. But what happens to us as adults, I guess life happens. You know, we, we as we go through life, we start collecting these impressions on these, all these other layers. They... It's like an air conditioner, which the coil gets, you know, clogged with all this dust and stuff that is stops functioning. And, and so the self does not get to project itself out there. It's still there. It's not like we have lost it. It's still there radiating. It's just it's covered with all this this, this impressions. And what I learned is that this breath work can can scrub it off and let that who you are really shine through
0: yeah i mean i can tell just from speaking with you you've really done the work you've really you know ungunked the system i mean it's just it comes across in your energy is that why you feel like you have really healed from from you know nine eleven and what happened to you and what you saw firsthand is that what inspired you to go out there and help more and more people can you talk about the work that you do now and how it's just so drastically different than what you were doing before
1: yeah for sure i mean don't get me wrong, those those memories are still there. When you ask me about my story, how I was able to talk about it like a... I close my eyes, I see it like an HD movie in front of my eyes. You know? So the memories are still there, but it has no negative emotional charge that it used to have at one point in time. It doesn't have that grip on me, which would make me kind of sit and meditate and say, oh, what's the point? It doesn't have that because I, I think that that connection between that event and the emotion has been severed by just this breath work. Mm. And so, you know, it's, it's there. Okay. It's there. It's in one, it's stored in one layer of my seven layers somewhere in my memory bank. It's stored there, but does it stop me from, from being who I am, just going after things I want, you know, like I was saying, I thought meditation is anti-ambition meditation is anti-progress that you have to give up everything um your your desires and become a monk to meditate and i it's so not that you know since that i've i've had three startups and completely different things i now uh, you know i from a finance and mathematics background and and me and my wife being wall street traders now we now we make chocolates we have an artisanal chocolate company so it has given us that ability to follow the heart without worrying about the judgments, without worrying about what people will think. And that's very liberating in some sense. You know, it's it's very freeing to be able to follow without, oh, I have our conditioning coming, being an immigrant coming from, uh, um, you know, that space, I would have never imagined myself doing what I'm doing right now. That conditioning is so strong that you become an engineer or a doctor you do certain things you do that and you know make money and, and you know have a family and retire i mean that's that's the path i was i was on when i came to this country as an immigrant um, and i i did not know any any different yeah you know? but when i when i experienced this freedom i i realized that life was too short to be not listening to what i was really feeling inside you know there's there are always so many noises from it there's so many things your voice is always muffled there's always a voice but there's just so much static so much other chatter yeah. that we don't know which which is that real voice and and this practice perhaps gave me that ability to to discern that voice no this is what it's telling me and and then this strength to to follow it yeah i i tell my wife we don't have children so i tell my wife that you know, we don't have kids, but what we do, like I the challenge that we have, let's say our own our own startup, our own company as as an entrepreneur, our challenges are perhaps, you know, in a in a very diminutive way, very similar. We also ask the same questions. Are we doing enough for our, our thing? Or am I giving my hundred percent? Or what do I need to do for the for the future of this company? You know, so some of those challenges are still the same but there's that the space from which we are able to address it a space of being a little bit detached from it that 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 balance between effort and effortlessness yeah it is it is something that you know we, we learn from this technique that when to give it your all and then when to let it go
0: yeah i love that i love that line Um, But it seems like, you know, you've always had a connection to the inner voice. I mean, that moment where the guy's telling you to go back in the building and something inside of you says, no, we need to leave. That is pretty powerful. And it seems like you've always had that stronger connection to that inner guidance, that inner voice that most people static away. Do you think that you've always been that way? Like when you were a child, you always had this greater sense of inner knowing or greater sense of self-awareness that saved you really that day?
1: I think we all have that. I mean, I can't think of one person who who has not, you know, if you ask anyone, they'll say, I don't know how this whole thing has happened, right? Anything that that amazing that happens in their life, you look back and say, no, but I I really can't take any credit for it. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. something that made it happen. I don't know if, like, if you ask an if you ask an artist, like how they they do it, I don't know. If you ask a a poet, the the it just flows through them. Yeah. So I think at some level we are all so deeply connected with it. It's it's still in there. Sometimes life takes over the responsibilities, the 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 things of day to day life, the, the chores, everything that we have, that we're running in so many directions at at hundred miles an hour. It, it, it sometimes it. Kind of you know muffles that voice a, a little bit it creates that that chatter um but I, I i think i'm no special in that way where where i wouldn't say that i've always knew what i was doing i've always done something because there's a there's a path um that is charted ahead of me i've seen people do that and i have always thought i want that but again I would say that's because of some strong conditioning there Mm. because I've seen as a student, I've seen people go to successful, I I define success as people going to Ivy League schools. When I go there, I see success as people getting jobs in uh, as investment in investment banks. When I go to investment banks, I see success as people, you know, getting promoted to a managing director. So I can't really take credit for having that voice from the beginning. I've always followed a path because I've seen, I've seen success defined as something and I've always followed it. But at some point in time, you know, when the universe hits you with a club in, with a club on your head and say, is this really it?
0: Mm.
1: You know, and, I, and for me, it was 9-11 for, and again, that feeling came back with the pandemic. For many yeah. people, it was pandemic. Yeah. Where, we, where, it, where it beckoned us to pause and ask that question, is this it? It put strains on our relationship. It put strains on, on our on our work and our livelihood and everything else that we were doing. And it really shifted everything for us. And it kind of forced us to ask that question. Yeah, Isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I was thinking the same thing when you were saying, like it really woke me up. I was like, that's what's happening right now. Just so many millions of, of people all over the world. I mean, it's incredible. And yes, it has been devastating, but at the same time, how many good things have come out of it? You know, even if it means the breakup of a relationship or, you know, whatever else, you ending of a career, like what more beautiful opportunities are coming into these people's lives because of it?
1: Yeah. If nothing, it's giving us the ability to Ask deeper questions and, and connect deeper with our own self, yeah. which which we have always ignored because we have we have not been taught never ever in a school or in colleges. Who who has ever is like managing your own mind part of any curriculum? No.
0: Yeah, which it's is so, insane. It's
1: insane, and it's so important, especially in these days when when we are constantly bombarded with social media and everything that's going on outside, this amount of information that we are consuming is at such a high rate that to take that pause, to disconnect from it, to be able to, you know, be with yourself, go deeper, recharge and come back, is such a necessity. It's no longer a luxury anymore. But yeah, we've never totally been agree. taught about it. And I I wish my only regret with this whole practice of sky breath and meditation which i had as i had learned that as a kid mm. you know my perception my cognition would have been so much more clearer and different mm. than just you know what i what i do now in my 40s i would have done it in my perhaps you know teens or 20s
0: yeah but i think you're making up for it now because you've got this book on a wing in a prayer that's out into the world it's released now you know you're on this show you know Tons of of mothers, especially, are going to be hearing your words and, and teaching their children, hopefully, how to meditate and how to question and just tune into themselves. Can you talk about why you wanted to write this book and what message you want the reader to walk away with?
1: You know, I wrote this... I'm not a writer. I just wrote this book because there was a... I felt that if whatever I have experienced... If I can share it with even one one mind if one heart, if they experience that that calmness that peace that we are looking for through through this experience, then I think it's it's a journey uh, that journey is worth it and you know right now there's this abundance of information there is so much out there from the apps to the books to the people talking about it and I have Tried so many of that. I have, you know, my wife used to make fun of me. She would say, you're a spiritual shopper. (laughs) I've tried tried so many different meditation techniques, different breathwork modalities, different um, types of, you know, calming the mind down. For me and the people I, I now know, so many of them, this seemed to last the longest. This seemed to be the most effective in the shortest period of time. You know, what I realized is that we have very finite time. There's so much to do in life. So I feel that if I can help people, you know, weed out some of the noise that's out there and say, hey, try this because this worked for me and I've tried all these other things. You try it. You know, that might just... I feel if people got that from me, that would be... uh, That would be... That would be very gratifying to to yeah. show show that yeah I've already tried it I've already tried all these other things but for me this is what stuck.
0: I love that I love that and I think that's absolutely what's going to come across in the pages and you you are a writer you wrote you wrote a book you're a writer, <laughs> um, Kshama with everything that you have been through and learned and and now intuitively know what's something that you want the listener of this show to remember from this talk.
1: I think we all face a void in our life at some point in time. There's not one person who has not experienced that. What my learning is, is the life becomes a game when you learn to shake hands with this void. Not to ignore it, not to distract it, not to run away from it, which I did all of the above. But to actually face it, look into its eyes and and really embrace it. That helps us drop the patterns that that conditioning of the mind. You know, it helps us embrace the reality as is and walk our way to a different ending.
0: Beautifully said. Kushal, your book is on a wing and a prayer. It is out now. Uh, tell our listener where they can find out more about you, the book, and Elements Troubles.
1: <laughs> You're very kind. The 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 book is on Amazon or on Barnes and Nobles. Uh it's out for Pre-order now. Launches in a couple of weeks. Um, um, the more information about the book can be found on my website kushalchoksi.com, my first name last name.com, or on Amazon. You can just look it up on a wing and a prayer. Spirituality for the reluctant, the curious, and the seeker. Um, and my my chocolate adventure uh, elements truffles. Uh, you can find on elementstruffles.com um and I'd, I'd love to share more uh, sweetness with all
0: of you <laughs> and and i have to say i've tried them they're delicious and i love that you've brought in the ayurvedic uh, doctrines to your chocolate so it's not just chocolates that taste delicious there's actually health benefits there too
1: yeah these are these are mindfully made chocolates as i would like to call it we a bunch of meditators who make these chocolates, and so there is there's, there's a holistic everything around it. You know, Ayurveda is a science of balance, and and I feel if we could bring it to the world, one chocolate bar at a time, then then that's what we are trying to do.
0: Beautiful, beautiful, Kishal. Thank you so much <laughs> for your book, for your work, and for sharing your story today. Really, thank you.
1: Thank you, Liz. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast.